0: Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, picture this. You move into a house with two kids. Then you realize you have three kids in the house. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at
1: realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world
0: of the unknown possibly the undead this is real ghost stories online that it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number to share your real ghost stories with us of course you can also write in at real ghost and if you want to get access to our bonus episodes advanced episodes Everything there for you ad free, then check us out on Apple Podcasts and uh, become a supporter there and subscribe. You can even try it for three days free or Patreon.com slash real ghost stories or ghostpodcast.com. That's how to do it. It's Tony and Carol Hughes to today you on today's episode. What's going on?
1: You know, speaking of sharing ghost stories, if somebody's got one, we do want to hear those. That's not just us saying that. Like, because lately I've been helping to put shows together. Mm-hmm. And I love reading the the stories. Yes. I really do. So send us a story because I'd really like to hear it.
0: Yes, please do. Share your real ghost stories with us and uh, do it through the website. Like we said, realghoststoriesonline.com. The uh, form We're right there. We're not
1: just saying that. We're not we really want that. to hear them.
0: And uh, you can also, of course, call in with your own voice if you like. Toll free 24 hours a day, seven days a week at uh, 855-853-4802. And share them that way. Always wanting to hear your ghost stories. So go ahead. Freak Carol out. She hears the stories first now. <laughs> so
1: I do. I always put these shows together during the day. Yeah. Because of that reason. I'm like, if I do this show during the day, I put it all together during the day. Then I can go to bed at night, and it's kind of ancient history in my brain.
0: You see, when I used to do it, I would wake up at 3 in the morning on the 13th of each month, make a pentagram in the middle <laughs> of the garage, light some candles, and then I'd put all of the pets in dark shrouded uh, shrouds, basically, and we'd sit uh, with our legs crossed, and I'd go through the stories online and decide which <laughs> ones made the most sense to use. Then we'd all get up and go to Denny's and have the Rudy tooty fresh and fruity It was odd (laughs) going in there with four dogs that were wearing shrouds and satanic symbolism on the back of them. But you know what? They let us in and we had a good breakfast.
1: And you know what? When you do that, ain't nobody going to question you because everybody's afraid of you.
0: Exactly. like,
1: don't mess with a guy who's got pentagrams. And his dogs dogs
0: are wearing them. That's very, yeah. Sometimes we'd even bring one of the black candles into Denny's and um, light it at the table for a little bit. and Chant chant while the um I, I, ta- I taught the dogs to chant which was interesting too it was a little bit of like a <laughs> type thing but we uh we did it
1: you just gotta work on it that's practice. how i
0: so that's how i did stories i'm glad to hear you're doing it a little differently
1: yeah I, a little <laughs> bit a little bit but yeah so i might work up to that i only have one
0: car garage so i gotta tell you sometimes it gets a little weird yeah it's a little weird when you do that with your pets <laughs> <laughs> but just saying. Uh, 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a letter. And it starts out saying, not too sure how to start. I'm a lady in her 50s with no supernatural paranormal talents. So I've been listening to this podcast for a couple years, so I thought I might be time to do my part and put my story out there for others to think about and wonder about. I've done it sooner because of the length, but here goes. My husband and I moved to El Paso, Texas in the fall of 1998 along with our two-year-old daughter and three-year-old son. We first moved into a rental home. I only mention it because of the bad vibes there. The previous owners were drug cartel members who kept Rottweilers and were hauled off by men in black suits, according to the neighbors. The house had broken door frames on the front door in the master bedroom and other damage throughout that someone searching would do, so we have no reason to doubt the neighbors. The front bedroom was the smallest and had the worst vibes. Our daughter never slept there a night. if She could avoid it. She just waited until we were asleep and crawled in with us. We stayed there only six months, but other than general creepiness and ugly feelings, nothing happened there. We moved to our present home in the spring of 99. It was built in the 1920s and is a two-story house with three bedrooms upstairs, a living room, a dining room, and a kitchen on the main floor, along with a full basement. It is on a large corner lot with an unusual amount of trees and shrubs for the desert. And others have told me they think it's spooky. The first odd thing that we noticed was a large black and white photo of a baby boy, maybe 12 to 18 months old, blown up, almost poster size, hung in the smallest upstairs bedroom. It's so large that it's blurry. You cannot help but think they would have taken a better picture if the child were alive. It's expensively framed and looks to be from the early 60s or even 50s. I couldn't leave that there. Kind of afraid to throw it out. So I ended up putting it behind the headboard of the bed and the master and kept unpacking. Being the smallest bedroom, the picture room fell to the smallest child. But this was never a problem. From the first night on, our daughter slept In her own bed didn't bother us unless she had a bad dream or tummy ache or something. We chalked it up to bad vibes and the rental being gone. But we were very surprised at the sudden change. My husband and I did not sleep so soundly. Three times in the first two months, we went to bed only to hear a huge crash downstairs. As soon as our heads hit the pillow, it sounded like a cement block crashing through the front window onto the hardwood floor. We'd rush downstairs and find nothing. No broken glass, no large object, nothing at all. We rationalized things like maybe all those VCR tapes the kids had fall in, in end table, but I really thought they were on the floor anyway. And there wasn't something to blame it on the second or third time. Seems like something that sounds like breaking glass and a boulder crashing into bare wood would be pretty easy to spot anyway. We chalked it up to something or that was weird. About two months after we had moved in, the hubby and I finally moved the last three or four large furniture objects to the floors that they needed to be on, and we were exhausted. When my head hit the pillow and I heard that crash. I still sat up. Hubby didn't, though. I looked at him and said, I'm not going. He grunted affirmative. And we went to sleep. We never heard another one of those crashes again. However, I would never stay down on the main floor alone at night. I had a creepy, uncomfortable, unsafe feeling only at night. I assumed I was wimpy and just went upstairs to read or something early if hubby was away on business. About a year later, I woke up one night to a child's voice softly calling, Mama, Mama, from outside the master bedroom. My son used to give Mama an extra ma, so I assumed it was one of the kids, probably him. Dragged myself up and out of the hall, more of a large landing between the bedrooms, and I was facing the bathroom, which had a kid's bedroom to either side and stairs to my right. I paused for the next, mama, mama, ma, ma or ma, ma ma, mama. Yeah, ma, ma. I was just saying it wrong. Ma, mama, ma. to figure out which way to go. Came from the stairs. I stopped dead and listened, straining to wake up as fast as possible, wondering what the little bugger was up and roaming around for. It came from further, like downstairs hall. In the kitchen, and finally it sounded like it was in the backyard. I did not hear a door open, though. We have an open window downstairs because we had an evaporative cooler at the time, not central air, and so I knew it was the backyard. I was standing in the hall in shock. I shook it off, took a couple of steps into the boys' room. He was sound asleep. I ran a couple of steps back to my girls' room, and she was sound asleep. Then I hauled back to my own bed and smashed up against Hubby with my eyes bugging out and hid under the covers. I did not tell him what happened. I was too shocked. I did not like that the ghost used ma-ma-ma like my kids. To me, it meant it was watching us. About a year after that, probably around 01 or 02, we were at my mother-in-law's house sitting on the front porch one night and some of the family started telling ghost stories, supposedly true stories. So I got brave and told my Ma, ma, ma story. This was the first time I'd ever told a soul. To my surprise, my husband said that he had seen the baby. He said that since we had moved to the house, there were nights when he would wake up and see a baby at the foot of the bed watching. He has bad eyesight and without his glasses, he assumed it was her daughter. So he would tell her to come up into the bed, but she would turn and go back to her own room. He had recently realized that this baby... have been the same size as our daughter when we first moved in, but now she was much taller. Kids grow three or four inches a year at that age. Our son was always much larger than that, so hubby had recently concluded that this was not our kid that he was seeing. Our daughter said it wasn't her. She always climbed into bed and she came over to us. I believed her, though she was only three. My mother-in-law kindly sent me home with a Gatorade bottle full of holy water. Hispanic Catholics are prepared for the supernatural. And the next day, I went around the house and blessed everything. Doors, windows, closets, open spaces, everything. I prayed, especially long in my daughter's bedroom where we found the photo. I talked to the baby and told it to call its mom, dad, or grandparents. And I talked to God and asked him to send loved ones to get the baby or angels if need be. We never saw or heard from the baby again. Seeing as I'd only heard it once, and that was at least a year before, you could say that nothing happened except that I immediately noticed that I wasn't afraid to be alone on the main floor at night anymore. I was terrified of the first corner of the stairs. Our stairs had three triangle steps creating a 90-degree curve at the bottom. At night, I was terrified to turn my back at that corner and go upstairs. I would run like mad up that first flight after I turned the corner. Remember, I was 40-ish at the time. This was just silly. The corner itself didn't scare me. It was just having my back to it. I ended up getting the holy water back out. Gatorade is a pretty big bottle, and I still had a lot. And blessing that corner and putting a religious statue and a decorative plate showing the life of Christ nearby and blessing those just to be safe. The fear was much less but iffy for a while, Then it faded completely away like it just left or slowly wore away. About six months or so after that, the weirdest thing of all happened. We'd left the kids at one of the sister-in-laws for a sleepover with the cousins, so we were alone in the house that night. I woke up, and it was morning. Sun was up and bright. Hubby was not in bed, so I thought that maybe he went to sleep downstairs. It was May, pretty warm already. I can get up into the 90s or even higher in the desert in May, and we didn't have the cooler working yet. I wasn't worried until I got out of the bathroom, and I suddenly had the most horrible feeling that Hubby was downstairs dead on the floor, And I should go check on him immediately. I didn't. I shook it off, climbed back into bed, and lay down. Well, it shook. Like shake a shake a shake. I sat up and it did it again. Shake, shake, shake. I looked at the ceiling fan to see if it was an earthquake and everything in the room to see if anything was swaying like an earthquake and nothing was moving. But the bed shook again. Shake a shake a shake. I leaned off the bed to see if anyone was doing it and hiding and nothing. Hubby wouldn't fit under it, trust me. Then I heard hubby cough downstairs. Immediately the shaking stopped and the horrible hubby is dead feeling left. Went back to sleep. Believe it or not, when you have your first night without the kids since they were born, you do that. I went downstairs an hour or two later and was making coffee in the kitchen. When hubby called me from the living room, he wanted to know why I had come downstairs earlier and gone to the backyard. He'd heard me come down the stairs and even heard the back door open and close. We have a theory about this. But hubby may have really been having trouble breathing. He's had sleep apnea and can stop breathing for long periods of time. Maybe the ghost was genuinely concerned. Notice that the ma-ma-ma voice went down the stairs and out the backyard and now the bedshaker did the same thing. That was the last unexplainable thing that happened in the house and it was over 10 years ago. Recently we did some painting and fixing up in the kitchen that may have triggered a dream visit this past summer. I was taking a nap, and in the dream, I was in the living room when I heard a key in the front door lock, and the door opened. All very tall, around six-foot, lady came in, a little heavy, but not terribly overweight. Her clothes reminded me of how my mother dressed in the 1960s. Even the hair was a variation of what we kids called helmet head, popular with ladies back then. I did not know her. I'd guess her age to be 30-ish. I was shocked and ran screaming up to her, telling her to get out of my house. She completely ignored me, gazing over my head. I am not much over five feet. She looked around slowly and walked through the house, not in any rush. I ran circles around her like a mad hen, threatening her to get out. I felt strongly that inside she was empty, hollow, devastated, in an emotional dead space, past pain and grief. I didn't really register with me because I was focused on getting her out of my house, but I felt it. She walked through the house to the back door, went outside to the yard, in the dream, I was trying to wake up because I was so upset, but no luck. on found a cell phone in the kitchen, and I called the cops, all the while looking out of the window at the woman who was just standing in the yard. A cop came, and I showed him out the back. He got her attention and spoke to her. He wasn't threatening her, just talking, but she looked at him, pulled out a pistol, and shot him dead. I was still watching from the kitchen window, shrieking hysterically to the police on the phone. Another cop was coming over the back wall when I woke up. I almost never dream and my nightmares are either dinosaur attacks or being naked in public. I can't help but think this was a message. This is my house. I have a key. I chose to ignore you. I treat you like a ghost. I want to be left alone. Killed the cop. That is our haunting. I'm pretty sure the dream is part of it. Not the scariest ghost story, but that is because it happened over several years' time it all happened in a week or a month, we might well have moved. Bobby has not had any additional experiences. My kids are 19 and 21 years old now, and neither have had an experience. Most importantly, the house is too big for us now. What do I do with that giant baby portrait? We sell the house. I moved it to the back of a closet in the basement a few years ago, but I still have it. I really want to throw it out, but the other family members think that would be asking for trouble. Thanks for reading. I would love Your opinion. I say buried in a wall.
1: I don't like I don't think you can take the picture out of the house. I just think that would be a bad idea. Yeah. It's kind of like the crutches in my murder she shed. I I don't know why there was crutches left in that shed when I bought the house. And I don't know why they're wrapped in black plastic, but I I just had this weird feeling about throwing
0: them out. If you got a lot of like uh, puffy insulation up in the attic, put it up there, cover it in insulation in a back corner. Or you got to go over the, uh, uh, you got you to step on the beams to get to it. And there it will lie. And someone else will eventually find it.
1: Well, if I was to do that, that whole shed might just fall down. That's true. So, I'm just going to leave them where they're at. Yeah. But I think this whole story is so interesting cuz she acts like, well, you know, i am not I'm not really like parent like she doesn't have these paranormal experiences and this whole story is one. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, repeated stories like the the kid mimicking her own child like her child called her mama mama. Mama, yeah. And then to hear that, that's when a mom jumps out of bed automatically. Like you don't even know that you're standing up yet because it's just automatic. You hear a kid and you just jump up. Mm -hmm. And what's wrong? What's wrong? And then to realize, oh my God, that wasn't either kid. And it's actually coming from outside. And it is weird. Like all that, like how it's down the stairs and outside. So then to have that dream where... Something happens outside. I don't know. Maybe it's all connected.
0: Maybe something's trying to draw you outside. But for some reason, she never goes outside in these dreams or in the, in real life, which is interesting. If I thought my kid was outside, I'm surprised she didn't go out and look outside. But it,
1: she looked in the beds and both of her
0: kids were asleep. that, Yeah, that stopped it. But the other part, too, is like if I have an inkling that my significant other may be dying in the kitchen... Even if I know it's like my my overactive imagination, I think I'd still go. I think I wouldn't be like, I'm going to lay down and get a few more shut-eye hours. (laughs)
1: Because the kids are gone and mom never gets to sleep.
0: I think I'd just be like, you okay, honey? Okay, good. We're good.
1: I'm going going to lay down again.
0: I don't quite understand that part of the, uh, I went back to bed.
1: Great story. That one part, we're a little concerned about their relationship. Yeah, because it's like it sounds like they had a good relationship. But then when she had a feeling that he was dying, she's like, I am tired.
0: Yeah, I think that might be they might want to get a little counseling because I think that that uh, (laughs) might be an underlying sign. Like if like see something, say something, I'm seeing something and I'm saying something because that seems a little off. Um, (laughs) Just just saying uh, but then that's weird that the bed starts shaking. Yeah, like, get the fuck up. Your husband might be dying downstairs. Go see what's happening. And, and she's like, he I'm going to come laying. down the
1: stairs and go outside. There's a thing about the going down the stairs and going outside in that house.
0: There's Maybe the ghosts are trying to get you to follow through better. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: like, really, what does it take? It's like, look,
0: we're calling you from outside. We're making you feel like your husband's dying. And you're like, I'm going to take a nap.
1: <laughs> and... Like we are concerned about your husband. So we intervened to keep him from dying Yeah, since you obviously didn't care.
0: I think that's more plausible than like, there's like another like meaning to it. It's more like, no, I think it's uh follow through. I- I'd be curious if there's other areas in that life that are lacking in follow through. And it's uh, something that's something that's trying to get that message apart or, or to her. But- I don't know.
1: what would you think because you've been house hunting lately like what would you think if you found this house like an older house I think this one she said was built in the 20s mm-hmm. well 1920s not like the last couple
0: of years 20s now yeah
1: but um so if you moved into this house and in one of the bedrooms you see a poster size nicely framed photo of a baby.
0: I'd be, be calling weird. the previous owners, so or I'd be reaching out to like the you realtor.
1: the baby yeah. picture.
0: I'd be going to the realtor and saying, hey, they forgot this. Have them come get it, please. And Because and
1: I wouldn't want it in the house.
0: No, I'd want to know why they forgot it or why they... And if they're like, just throw it away. Okay. Why did you leave it? I would ask. I, yeah. Ask questions. See, follow someone, through. Follow through. I'm, it's all about follow through.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing we've learned about this story...
0: Follow through. Follow through. You do that, you get answers. If You think your kid's outside? Go look outside. I mean, it's good that you figured it out. If you think your husband's dying in the kitchen, go check it out just in case.
1: However, when in that dream, the woman shoots the cop outside. So if you followed something outside, is there is it dangerous out there? Are they trying to lead you into some kind of danger outside? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Anything is possible. But Let's follow uh, but follow through. Uh, <laughs> next story. Growing up, I had a lot of experiences, some good, some bad, but mostly it would be random apparitions. But two stories really stand out. The first one was when I was in secondary school, high school for Americans. The room where we did the registration at the end of the day was a separate building at the back of the school. So we would... Either have to go around the whole building using the corridors to leave through the front door, then cross through the field, which is much quicker, therefore most commonly used. So like any other day, we finished registration, went through the first glass double doors, crossed the field. But when we got to the second glass double doors to get to the building, there was a face of a girl in the left bottom door. She looked to be in her 20s. She had black hair and just stared straight into the void where nothing in particular was on the field, which she could be looking at. First time I saw her, I thought I was the only one seeing her and asked my friends to walk around the building and I didn't get any kind of energy from her. So I wasn't sure if she'd be a problem or not. I assumed she'd be gone by the next day, but the next day on the way home, she was there again. I decided that since I was not getting it was not getting any weird energy from her, I was just going through the doors and pretending she wasn't there and all went well. She continued to be there for three days then just disappeared saw her again. This whole time I had assumed I was the only one who saw her so I didn't say anything to anyone but when we came back to school the week after and she wasn't there one of my friends decided to tell me she'd been seeing a girl at the doors the past week before and now she's gone. We exchanged information about her. We we're seeing the same expressionless girl on the glass door. She appeared at the same time for both of us and disappeared at the same time. Not sure what she wanted but we never saw her again. We did walk around the field during a lunch break to try and see if we could find anything. But unfortunately, nothing was found. The second story is much shorter. It was around 1 a.m. and I couldn't sleep. So I was reading a book under my duvet when I started getting a weird feeling of fear. So I poked my head out of the duvet and there was a thing. I still don't know what it was. It had a humanish form with no hands, but it was all black except the face. Not sure how to explain it exactly, but there was a main face of a male, but then there was multiple other faces, which kept changing every half a second. Some I recognized, while others were strangers. This obviously freaked me out, so I tucked my head back under the duvet and started praying a few minutes later. I felt braver and poked my head back out, and it was gone. The next day, I changed rooms, since I've always had weird feelings and experiences in that room, but I tried to power through them. That was the last straw. My mom also cannot sleep in that room, so my sister wanted to use it since it's the biggest room in the house, and she seems fine in there. The first week, she had a few weird dreams and one experience with a giant spider crawling on her, but then it all suddenly stops so she doesn't mind using the room. I have many more stories, which I'll write about later. By the way, thank you for all you guys do. I listen to your podcast at work, which makes it much more fun. Well, it means one thing. Your sister is evil. And... She's able to your sister's behind all this. Your shit. your sister is able to find peace with the <laughs> demons. So look out because you're gonna be on dateline someday. <laughs>
1: well, or the equivalent. I assume that she lives in England since she was talking about her mum. Oh, they got dateline and- over there too. You think, yeah, They watch he, American
0: he, television. We watch British television. Well, they, they've watched
1: that. But I mean, I would think they'd have their own equivalent of a dateline. So I mean I love Keith Morrison and You're gonna I, be on Channel
0: Four Investigates. BBC
1: Investigate. Yeah, BBC investigates. But to me, like the first story I think is kind of interesting because she saw and I and it just makes me think, you know, her school might be a little older than most schools in the US. Uh-huh. So maybe there's something there. But it'd be one thing if I had seen it and then I I could explain it away like I guess I was just seeing things. But then when your friend sees it, that kind of confirms it. Like it definitely was there because you both saw it. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. But I think it's weird that you can have an experience like in your bedroom and it scares you so much that you have to change rooms your sister moves in
0: and nothing happens to her there I said yeah, it means kind of it means one thing satan mm. your sister obviously. is tight with satan and that's obviously that's what you got to look out for uh no I, I i just think people are affected differently by different things some people are more sensitive than others and you happen to pick up more and so does your mom your sister uh lucked out, or if you look at it the other way, maybe it wasn't luck. Maybe, you know, it depends if you like having those sensitivities or not.
1: Yeah, because my guess is she just can't pick up on it. Yep. And, but, I mean, for you to, like, see somebody standing there and then have to hide under the covers and peek out again, or maybe you were just kind of half asleep. I don't know.
0: Or Maybe those gummies before bed were just... <laughs> You know,
1: you have taken two yeah. gummies
0: before. Uh, I wish my gummies did that sort of shit for me. Might <laughs> make me tired. Let's go to a uh, a phone call here before we wrap up and hear your ghost story.
2: Hello, this is Matt from Oklahoma City. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about something happened in about the mid '90s when I got divorced and to my uh, embarrassment and I guess you would say uh, inconvenience. I had to move in with my parents for about a year. Anyway, uh, I was supposed to meet with my brother after work one day. I was working day shift. And so, I went home. When I got home, nobody was in the house. Doors are locked and the alarm was set. And I went to the bathroom and was doing my business, and I could hear the doorknob to the bathroom door uh, moving, and I assumed that my brother had arrived, uh, even though I hadn't heard the anyone come in or the alarm be uh, de- being de- deactivated. And so I said, "I'm in here." And after a few seconds, the, the doorknob jiggled some more. And then, of course, I, was, I thought my brother was screwing with me or I was getting impatient or, or either or. And then I yelled something like, you know, I'm in here, dumbass. And I slapped my hand on the doorknob because the toilet was close enough to the door that I could do so. Anyway, after I finished up my business uh, and came out of the bathroom expecting to see my brother in the house, I uh, checked the whole house and couldn't find him or anyone else in the house. And then a few minutes later, I actually got a phone call from my brother on his cell phone. He was still on the interstate there were actually a lot of different experiences that happened in that house and uh, it's the house that I spent my middle school the high school years in and so I had some experiences even even when i was younger too and i may call back and tell some of those uh, stories later
0: there was like one day where he did like 10 calls into the show in november <laughs>
1: Well, and I think that he's like one of those people, like my sister, Mm -hmm. no matter where they go, they're going to have some kind of experiences because it sounds like, you know, these all aren't the same place. No. And, you know, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I mean, you're going to the bathroom, you know, dumbass, leave me alone. I love that. Which you wouldn't think that. It's like, you know, somebody came in and they're messing with you. Yeah. And it's like, "Good Lord, I'm going to the bathroom.
0: You don't think of paranormal right away there, but, yeah, then it gets gets paranormal rather quickly,
1: but I just think he's had he's got so many experiences that happen to him. Mm-hmm. He's obviously someone who's really able to pick up way better than the average person.
0: I agree. I think he's a very sensitive person. Always interesting to hear your stories. So we do appreciate that. 855 eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two is the phone number to share your real ghost stories with us. You can do it 24-7 or write in directly on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. That's going to wrap up today's episode. If you like the show, become a supporter through Apple Podcasts. Get everything commercial-free, ad-free. Get all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes. Uh, it's all there for you to binge away on the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Uh, if you don't do Apple, hit patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories or at ghostpodcast.com to get in on all of that. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.